Thank you for these children. Thank you for the blessing that they are to us. And may they always be people of prayer. In your name, amen. Dismiss the children to rise and shine. Thanks, Dad. Gluten-free is a little hard. <clears throat> I thought it was interesting that uh, the key word for our children is forgiveness. We have a class available also right now, so if you didn't understand all that Professor Kara shared... Uh, you can go to this class and be enlightened uh, a little bit more about forgiveness. Uh, feel free to join Mark Walrath in that class. We're on the home stretch of our series, Unwrapping Our Spiritual Gifts. Uh, several of you have commented to me, uh, you know, I've done the assessment and so on. Now what? What do I do now? What, what happens? What's, what's the point of this? What's next? And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to see all of the gifts represented here this morning used for God's mission, for God's purpose, for God's honor and glory, and to be used to make a difference in people's lives, including your own life. When we use our gift, we also get a blessing from exercising that gift on behalf of our Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to just imagine the scene for a moment. You know what it's like on a typical Christmas, and I don't know if you're like my tradition. You have the Christmas tree, and then you got the presents all around the Christmas tree and so on. And can you imagine putting the Christmas tree away and just leaving the presents there unwrapped, and so, I mean all wrapped up and everything. And then the next Christmas, we plunk the tree in between, and then we add some more gifts, and, and we just leave them there unwrapped. Can you, can you imagine that scene? I, I can guarantee if you've got children or grandchildren, that's not going to happen. But uh, let's see, do I see a gift out here someplace? Oh, I do. I can't remember what I was supposed to say. Better grab my cheat sheet. It's a very long, lengthy script. But anyway, out here, I saw you kind of carrying a gift. Yeah, so what do you have there? Well, it's a, it's a gift. Okay, very good. So why don't you open it up? Well, you know, I'm not really ready for it. Oh, well, when will you be ready? It's Christmas paper on there. It looks like you've been waiting a while. Yeah, I certainly have been, but I don't know when I will be ready. Okay, then. I had a cousin named Bobby. My aunt, uh, my dad's sister, she had ten children, and Bobby was in the top end of the, the ranking there. But I can remember spending a Christmas with them one Christmas, and Bobby got all of the gifts that had his name on it, he took them off to his bedroom, he unwrapped them, wouldn't let us in, unwrapped them, and then he put them in his closet and drawers and toy box, he put them away. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, what'd you get? He didn't want to share. He wouldn't tell us what he had gotten for Christmas. And I think, just like uh, the present here being unwrapped, that we as Christians too often are like that. Many of us don't bother to unwrap the gift that God has given to us to exercise in His ministry. We don't unwrap our spiritual gifts. Or if we do, 
we kind of want to do it in private. We don't want to make such a big deal about it. And we kind of tuck them away in the closet of our hearts, in the niches of our life. But we don't actively pursue what that gift might mean, what it could do, what the possibilities are. Next week, we're going to answer the question, how is it that we use our spiritual gifts? So come back next week for that. But this week, I want to answer the question, when? When do we use these gifts that God has given to us? Because they say in sports, timing is everything. And so let's see what the timing is for using our spiritual gifts. Simply put, we put our spiritual gifts to use whenever the Holy Spirit gives us the opportunity to use them. Whenever there's a possibility that it could be used in some way for his mission. Whenever God calls us to use our spiritual gifts by the prodding and nudging of his Holy Spirit. So for example, it's believed that about 10% of the population has the gift of evangelism. That was one of the gifts we talked about a couple of weeks ago. About 10% of the population of Christians has this gift. But do you know what percentage of that 10%, do you know what percentage actually use that gift of evangelism? They figure only about 5 to 10%. So here you've got 10% of the population of Christians, and only 5 to 10% of that population use that gift. And, you know, the question is, why? Why is that such a low percentage? And I think it's fear, kind of scared. Some of you think, oh, I hope it's not me he's talking about right now. And we kind of get nervous about it. We just don't think that we can do it. We make excuses, a lot of excuses. We think of all sorts of new ones besides the dog eating our homework. And just think, 90% are missed opportunities where people might have heard the good news of Jesus Christ, where God's mission might have gone forward. So for instance, if you've got in your toolbox a hammer... That's a great useful tool, and it actually has several purposes, and most men have exercised far beyond those original purposes, many other purposes for the hammer as well, and, uh, uh, but you know, if you have only this tool, everything you're about in your life begins to look like a nail, and you want to pound it, you know? And that's kind of the way we are with our spiritual gifts. We kind of sometimes get so focused on one thing and make everything else conform to how I'm going to use this gift, this tool that I've got. So, folks, we're in this together. It's not about one person's gift. It's about each of your gifts, each of the tools, each of the things you bring to the project to do. And so, for instance, if we were going to do a home repair project, let's say we were going to paint a bedroom, well, we would uh, have different tools because a hammer's not very good for painting walls. But however, you would use a tool that's appropriate for that particular occasion. And so instead of asking the question, what can I pound? The question is, what's the project? And how can I bring whatever I have to offer to help out with that project? So if you're going to build a deck, hey, hammers, front and center, we can use you. If you're going to make a nice omelet, however, this might be a lot more useful than this. Are you kind of getting the picture? Each of you has been blessed with gifts to use for your Lord. And so then, what gift or gifts do we have available to accomplish the task that God wants us to accomplish? The call of God comes first, and then after you know uh, what God is asking, then the question is, what do I have that can be an answer to what God is asking of me? How is it that I can use who I am and what I am? 
What part does God want to have me play in a particular ministry or mission or calling or somebody requesting that we need some volunteers to help with this or that? How can I respond? In Exodus chapter 3, there's a story of Moses. Moses is a pretty well-known character in the Old Testament. And God had a job uh, for him to do. Now, Moses already had a job. He was a shepherd. And in that shepherding, he took care of his father-in-law Jethro's sheep and whatnot. But God had another job, a mission, that he wanted him to do. And God chose Moses to play a vital part in that uh, project and that mission that God had. And that mission was to set God's people free from slavery in Egypt. So he gave God an assessment of all his gifts. Moses did. He, he said, God, I have nothing. Who am I? What am I going to do? What could I possibly contribute? And God spells out the plan a little bit to him. He says, what? Me talk to Pharaoh? I, 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 have, I have a speech, speech impediment. Um, and he couldn't speak, couldn't talk. There must be other people more qualified, people that could do this job so much better. And God gave to Moses and gives us his spirit and the spiritual gifts needed to do whatever God asks us to do. And it may seem intimidating or frightening at first, but once we get into it, we realize that God is with us. God will help us. God will show us exactly what to do. Some gifts are given or uncovered by the Holy Spirit, just kind of in the nick of time in order to serve. Others we know about in ourselves, and we're able to kind of step up and say, you know, that's an area that I could handle. That's something I could do. That's something I feel God is leading me to respond to. Moses, for instance, had the gift of prophecy. So when he spoke to Pharaoh, Pharaoh got a very strong and clear message, very, very clear what was going to happen if Pharaoh didn't let God's people go. He also had the gift of leadership and was able to lead the people out of slavery across the Red Sea and in uh, towards the promised land. And he also had a gift of mercy and intercession because there were a couple of times when the people of Israel disobeyed God, and it seemed like God was ready because he was so upset, he was ready to wipe the people out. And Moses, on the people's behalf, prayed and interceded that God would have mercy on the nation of Israel. When do we use our spiritual gifts? We use them at the right time. We use them in God's time. We use them the way that God wants us to. And that requires availability. We need to be open and available to God's call on our hearts and our lives. We need to be willing to serve our Lord. Sometimes some of us are prone to kind of bully our way in. Hammers are notorious for that. They just kind of bully their way in and slam their way into stuff. Good at ripping stuff apart and whatnot. And when we bully our way in with whatever gift God has given to us, sometimes we want to sprinkle all too liberally what we have to offer over the whole thing. And it's not exactly effective at times. It's often said that it's hard to get a drink of water out of a fire hose. And that's kind of how this gift comes off when we get so lost in a particular gift and think we can do it all. Who do, we don't need anybody else. Let me give you another spiritual, back, uh, spiritual gift factoid. And that is that God's call or God's purpose, God's mission, what God wants accomplished is always first and always primary. 
Our spiritual gift, what you have or I have to offer God in way of spiritual gifts, is secondary to God's purpose and mission. An example of that just recently, uh, Anthony and I have been talking some time about his teaching in an adult Sunday school class and kind of brainstorming about that and so on. And it came up in a conversation several weeks later that I was going to be doing this series on spiritual gifts. And he says, you know, I've always been intrigued by that. I would like to teach on that. And all of a sudden, there came forth from his giftedness a way of responding to something that would be helpful. And so let me just mention that in addition to the forgiveness class, there's also a spiritual gift class back in Snelling in the time in between our services here that you can take part in and ask further questions and get further insights on spiritual gifts that we aren't able to cover here in worship. Three years ago, God led Donna and I to go on a mission trip to Belize. There were two basic needs that were given in that uh, mission trip. The first one was medical assistance and help. And the majority of our people that went, I think we had about 40 people go, uh, the majority of them were in the medical sciences of one sort or another, and they were going to help at the hospital and set up clinics around uh, Dangriga in Belize. Uh, the second one was construction. And uh, uh, basically, we were going to be building a multipurpose facility that would be used as a gymnasium and as a sanctuary and as a community center and uh, for a school. Uh, so that construction project of building this building. And at first glance, I'm not either one of those. I'm not a medical professional and I'm not a, a contractor or something like that. Neither one of those is my profession. You wouldn't want me operating on you as a surgeon and you probably wouldn't want me building your house. Now, if you've got a deck, I can help. But uh, the, the irony of this is, you know, will my gift work? Will I have something to contribute? Will I be useful on the trip uh, there in Belize? And uh, my gifts ended up being used, both of them. I was kind of running shuttle and giving information, that type of thing, in the medical area on a, in a couple of days. And then I worked on the construction site and helped out there. Um, on the assessment, what do you think that my gifts would be? Any ideas of what my spiritual gifts might be? You know, we've gone through this assessment here, most of you, I hope, by now. And if you haven't, still not too late, you can get online and find out what your spiritual gift is. What do you think mine are? Just shout them out. Introvert, somebody said? <laughs> yes, I've got that gift. Uh, okay, so encouragement, thank you. Administration, good. Holy Spirit, he's the one that gives me power to do my gifts. Shepherding, okay. Teaching, okay. Uh, well, you're doing pretty good. You know me pretty well in this short time that we've been together. Uh, at first, I thought I had on the list, it's I and R and S. IRS, I thought maybe I was gifted to be a tax man, but that's it. <clears throat> but I did find out spiritual helps is actually one of my chief gifts. Wisdom was second. And then I had a triumphant uh, there, teaching, knowledge, and administration. And I like to think I'm also gifted at shepherding. Somebody mentioned that, and that was just below that. Uh, I was a little surprised it wasn't stronger, but so it is. Um, so those, those are my gifts, and uh, guess how God used me in Belize? He used my administration to help out, both on the construction site as well as at the hospital. He used my gift of helps, uh, certainly on the construction site and whatnot. I was able to add a little bit of wisdom uh, from my own experience and so on, and you know, that sure looks crooked to me, uh, you know, and so to help out in that way. In Exodus 3, God told Moses that he'd be with him. He promised his presence with Moses 
as he went to fulfill his spiritual gifts and to fill out his call. And he promises that to each and every one of us, that he will be with us. He doesn't leave us high and dry to do it all by ourselves. He comes along with us. And the most important thing is to heed God's call. You'll always find that God called you to the task for a reason. There's a reason behind it. And sometimes our first response is, oh, no, that's not my gift. I know, because sometimes I've asked you to do something. <laughs> oh, no, that's not my A couple of you were even tempted this morning when I came up to you. Some of you avoid me in the narthex because you're afraid I would come up to you, and uh, you aren't sure you want that to happen. But sometimes our first response is, that's not my gift. Uh, uh, You must be thinking of somebody else. Or, I don't think I have what it takes or what's needed to do that particular task. God will show you. And when you choose to obey his call, his uh, nudging, his prodding, uh, and join the purpose of his church, he will be with you. And you'll also discover gifts that perhaps you weren't aware of before, because up until now, God hadn't needed those. Next week, there will be an insert in your bulletin that will share a little more details, but just let me quickly, in response to the question, when do we use it, give you a little grid that will kind of help you. Number one is to pray. It's to talk with God about whatever the the ministry is that's proposed itself or what your role might be. The second one is to try things. It's important you try things out because sometimes until you try, you don't know if you've got the gift or not. You may think you don't have the gift just because you hadn't had a chance to use it yet. So number one, pray. Number two, uh, try things. Number three, pray. Okay? And then number four, to be willing and uh, to do what God asks you to do. And number five is pray. And number six is to be available, to make yourself available to God's people in order that you might exercise your gift. And number seven is, if you're catching a theme here, Very good. Prayer is just so important to be open, to have a relationship with your God that is so open that you will know when the opportunities are there. You will sense the ways that you can contribute. In Belize, there were a hundred bags of cement that had to be unloaded from this ox, well, it was a truck actually, but it looked like an ox cart. Um, And so we had to do that, and we had to transport them from there over to where the mixer was the day before, but it had gotten stolen that night, but we still had to stack the cement bags there. And uh, so we were supposed to do that. And so I thought, okay, spiritual gifts. Do I stand around and see if hod carrying is my spiritual gift? Uh, You know, is that what I'm gifted to do? You know, no. You lend a hand. You get in, you pitch in, you do it. And I don't know whether I have the spiritual gift of cement or not, but uh, I know that I helped transport some of those bags to where they needed to be. And folks, we are 24-7 Christians. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've given your life to Him, if this sacrifice that we're going to celebrate was for us and we claimed it, then we are 24-7 Christians for our Lord. And sometimes God even uses our spiritual gifts. Sometimes he doesn't. He just uses us. Are we willing? Are we available? As a teenager, I worked on a summer camp staff at our Bible camp, and my director would say to us uh, things like, if there's a piece of trash laying around, don't start looking around for who has a spiritual gift of trash picking upping. Uh, he, He says, pick it up. Thank you, brother. The most important thing about spiritual gifts 
are not the gifts. It's the call of God, and it's our willingness to be a part of that call, to be open, to be willing, to be available. It's living out healthy, missional faith for our God. And as we've been learning together, healthy means pursuing Christ. It means to know and to love God more. And missional means pursuing Christ's priorities, which is helping others know more. Don't take them out. My biggest cheerleader. <clears throat> Our goal as a church is not to make sure that you have an outlet to exercise your gift, but rather it's working together as Christ's body to present everyone mature in Christ. That's Colossians 1.28. Paul's motto for ministry is that we would be able to present everyone mature in Christ. For example, we have VBS coming up this summer, July 14th through 18th. If that's not written in your calendars, it should be. And remember how I said, pray, 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 pray? You need to be praying for VBS starting now. So circle those dates in your calendar and put a reminder on your mirror or something to say, pray for Vacation Bible School. One of the needs that we're praying for that we will have is that we need approximately 90 workers for VBS. And if you feel God's prompting you to minister to children and to see them receive Christ and to grow in the Lord, but you don't have the gift and you aren't sure what you have to contribute or to offer and so on, volunteer, sign up, and try it out. I know from last year, my experience of being here for my first VBS at Faith Covenant Church, that it was a powerful experience. But it was powerful not only for our children to see what God was doing and how God could be the answer in their lives, but it was for the staff, the 90 people that worked as a staff also, and how they grew in their Lord, or how they were changed by the dynamics of sharing Christ through whatever their various ministries were. You need to offer up your gift to the Lord and see what He might do with it. So, when do we use our gifts? Well, we use them when the opportunity arises. Secondly, we use them when God calls, when the Holy Spirit nudges or prompts us. Somebody comes up and asks us. We dare to say yes and to give it a try. We use it by being a part of what God is doing to try things and to see if God will be with us in the midst of it. And then fourthly, we use our gifts when the church confirms your giftedness. They see things in you. I try to go about and sprinkle the blessings as I understand them from God to say, you know, I see you have a gift of this, or I see you have a gift of that, or have you ever thought about trying this? Or someday, just like Oscar Gunnerfeld did when I was 10 years old, putting my hand on a young man's shoulder and saying, you know, someday I think you're going to be a preacher. I never believed that. I never thought that would ever happen. But Oscar, on behalf of the Lord, knew and told me that. Um, for example, we've got a Guatemala mission trip coming up. And uh, if you haven't signed up to be a part of that yet, you can do that. If you can't go, you can be praying for the ministry that they are going to do on our Lord's behalf and to be uh, involved in that way and knowledgeable and support somebody in that and be your pr uh, prayer person for that person. When Christ's church is at its very best, the Holy Spirit led genuinely together living out healthy missional lives, then your gifts will be a vital part of faith covenants, witness and ministry in this community of Sumner. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18, it says, God has placed the parts, the gifts of the body, each one of them just where he desired, just where he intended. 
Each one of you are placed here for a reason. God has a design for how we will carry out the ministry he wants us to carry out. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, it says, The one and the same Holy Spirit gifted each one of us just as he wishes. So, pray, pray, pray. Seek God. And I believe that God has given Faith Covenant Church all the gifts that we need to do what God wants to accomplish here through this church in this community. And it's quite possible that we are doing nothing about some of the things that are on God's heart and mind for this church to do because we have not unwrapped our spiritual gifts yet. So I encourage you, explore what God might want. And by the way, one other little spiritual gift factoid. There's no such thing as spiritual retirement. Spiritual retirement is when he takes us home to heaven. Until then, you're all on. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. It doesn't matter anything about your background or anything else. All that matters is Holy Spirit, the same one Holy Spirit that indwells every believer in Christ. And you can serve him. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, was in our scripture reading this morning. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that you may be able to test and approve what God's will is in your life, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's fitting that we come to the table today, that we see the one who gave his life became God's gift on behalf of us in order that our lives might be changed back to what God intended, to have a relationship with God. And this table symbolizes that sacrifice.